Now, we have spent a great deal on the past three services on what faith is, the importance of faith, how faith comes, and how I can increase my faith. And I trust that if you have missed any one of the three services, that you will go and get a hold of it and that you will go and listen to it. Amen. But tonight I want to get into something else. And before I get into it this morning, for those who can remember, I gotten into, I've gotten into a scripture on how to add to your faith, how to upgrade your faith, how to customize your faith. And just as a foundation going into the message for tonight, because it's got everything to do with what I want to get out in this evening, um, uh, put on the screen for me again, Second Peter, King James Version, Second Peter chapter 1 verse 5. Just quickly get that on the screen for me. And this is the Apostle Peter speaking, and he's saying that, listen, beside this, giving all diligence to add to your faith, say add to your faith, to add to your faith virtue, say virtue. Now I want to break this thing open just quickly before I get into the actual message for tonight, because I want you to understand, remember that faith being the foundation. So now I'm adding to my faith. I'm throwing stuff into other things into the mix. Are you guys with me? And he's saying that, listen, you have no faith, but listen, that's not enough. You can actually go higher. There's something more to this. Peter is saying, he's saying, throw something else into the mix. Add, add virtue to that faith. Now what is virtue? Virtue is excellent moral values. It is the way that you conduct your life. It is the way that you conduct your way of living. Are you guys with me? It is your behavior. Excellent moral values. But now I cannot have or live my life according to excellent moral values if I do not know what His Word is stating. His Word sets out perfectly the boundaries of life itself. It tells me how I'm supposed to live my life as a born again believer that when I claim to be a Christian and when I claim to be a son and a daughter of the Most High God there is a way that I must conduct my life so that those surrounding me can say that you know what I want to be a Christian because I now represent God with excellence. When the Bible says, do not use the name of the Lord in vain, it does not mean to curse God. Many people think it means that, that I'm using His name, that I'm cursing, using His name in a cursing format. It's not that. It means that I carry the character, the likeness, and the image of Christ when I'm a born-again believer. But if I do not reflect that, I'm using His name in vain. Are you, are you guys with me? If I do not reflect His character, if I claim to be a born-again believer, but I'm being caught doing stuff that is outside of the boundaries of Scripture, that is against Christianity itself, then I am using His name in vain. Add virtue. Add virtue. It means the way that I conduct my life. And then He says, add to your virtue knowledge. Say knowledge. Now, knowledge here is the Greek word gnosko. Say gnosko. Your Greek is good. Say again, say gnosko. Say gnosis. It comes from the word gnosis. And it means wisdom. It rather speaks about experience. Experiential knowledge. Are you guys with me? But now what is wisdom? That is exactly, it means wisdom. Wisdom is the acquisition of information. And having the ability to take that information and apply it in an intelligent manner and way. That is wisdom. 
Are you guys with me? Say wisdom. So it is the experience side of knowledge. It is experiential knowledge. It is where I take the word and I apply it. It's now become alive on the inside of me. All be together now. Add to your faith virtue and add to virtue knowledge. Amen. Now please understand that this is progressive. I cannot go to the next level if I have not first added this part to my faith. Without virtue, I cannot add knowledge. And then we get to the second part and add to your knowledge temperance. Say temperance. Temperance means self-control. Yes. I saw this in manifestation between services when me and Josh went quickly to get something to eat. And I'm just standing by this robot and I'm like seeing it's turning yellow. And there's a guy that's waiting to turn and I'm like stopping and I'm like, you can go, I will wait. And he shows like, A, th a thank you would have been nice. What's wrong with people? They lack the character of Christ. And I thought, you can ask us, I said, that guy must not stop you. I'll cast out your demons. You will receive deliverance today. You're repaying evil for something good that was shown towards you. Are you guys with me? Say, say temperance. It means self-control. It means to be in control of your emotions. No matter the situation going on around you, you remain steadfast and immovable. You do not falter between opinions. You do not stagger at the promise. No matter what is going on around you, I remain steadfast and consistent in my emotions. I, do not, I am in control of my emotions. It speaks about having high emotional intelligence. We live in a day and age where people have no emotional intelligence whatsoever, unfortunately. But it speaks about someone who has high level of emotional intelligence. How will I gain emotional intelligence? It is knowing who I am in Christ. It is having identity, but just not having identity, but that my identity is established within Christ. So I know who I am in Christ. And therefore I have possession over my emotions. I no longer react out of the flesh, but I respond out of the spirits. Temperance. Self-control. Self-control. I want to ask you in this night encounter, who's holding the key to your emotions? You see, when someone frustrates or irritates you, you react. That individual has the key to your emotions. When I lose control and I get angry, that individual that I've caused that anger has the key to my emotions. Does that individual, does another person hold the key to your emotions or does the Holy Spirit hold the key to your emotions? If I am in control of my reactions, it means the Holy Spirit has the key to my emotions. If I, everything that I do comes out of a place of love, it means the Holy Spirit has the key to my emotions. 
Who holds the key to your emotion? You see, this is evident in the workplace, in the corporate environments. We get so angry and we flip out. Come on now. And we get angry and we, we voice the anger and we lose it. How many have not said? I don't know what happened. I just blanked out. Just saw red. Who has got the key? Behind everything there's a spirit. Who is holding the key to your emotions? What spirit is operating behind your emotions? Let it be the Holy Spirit. I know that it's the Holy Spirit. When everything that I do is done out of love. Say, hey, say temperance. Say self-control. Amen. The Bible tells you how to respond. And then add to temperance patience. Now I love this word patience. Patience truly is a virtue. You cannot have patience without virtue. Patience is a virtue that I can tell you. Are you guys with me? Say patience. Now the word patience here is the Greek word hypomonai. But now in the Greek language it's very rich. So you will have one word in the English vocabulary, but in Greek you will have seven different types of words, each different in its meaning, in its expression. Are you guys with me? So the word patience here is the same thing. There's two Greek words for the word patience. And the one that is used is the word hypomonai. Now you'll understand the word hippo because we've spoken about hypostasis. A hypostasis, substance, taking a stance while I'm under something. And the same word with hypomonai, the word hippo means, again, it means under. Are you guys with me? Please understand that I'm speaking about patience now. And then the second word is mino, and it means to remain or to endure. So it means to remain or to endure while you are under a challenge, while you are under persecution. Are you guys with me? Having the ability to endure while you are going through those things. But there is one thing that must take place to produce hippomonai, and that is the first word of, pa of patience, which is known as makruthumia, and that is long-suffering. You see, long-suffering, which is the persecution that you are going through, will produce hippomonai, will produce this perseverance. So there's long-suffering and perseverance. Okay, Pastor Martin, that is great. Why is this important? Because long-suffering produces perseverance. Mokrithumia produces hippomonai. And the combination of the two produces a tested and tried character. Okay, great. What is that, Pastor Martin? That is dokime. You are a walking, talking document. It produces a tested and tried character, which means that you've gone through certain processes, endured certain difficulties in life, heartaches you've gone through, but you've remained steadfast. You persevered through that long suffering. You see, when there's a combination of long-suffering long and perseverance, that forms the character of Christ in you. You cannot just have the one or the other. Long-suffering will produce patience. Long-suffering will cause perseverance if I can remain steadfast. And when I can persevere, that forms a tested and tried character. That forms the character of Christ on the inside of me. I hope that someone is hearing this and this night. So are you guys with me? Now once the character of Christ is starting to form on the inside of me, he says, add to patience what? 
godliness. What a powerful word, godliness. Say godliness. This means to naturally express yourself in a posture of reverence, of respect and honor towards God. It means to reveal the heart of the Father. It means to response. It is the response of the spirit of a man towards the Word of God. And if that response towards the Word of God is done in honor and respect, then that is godliness. It is not pretense. Say it's not pretense. The Bible says that many have the form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Meaning they speak the right language. They can quote all the right scriptures. On the outside, they look like a true legitimate pastor. And it sounds like they're giving you the truth. But on the inside, it does not align with the words coming out of their mouth. On the inside, they are rotten. Are you guys with me? In other words, they deny the power of God. So they will speak something. But there's no effects. It works no results. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. I'm not speaking about pretense. It is you legitimately on the inside of you. It is a response that comes from the inside of you. Out of respect and reverence, honor towards God and the things that is of God. That is godliness. Amen. And then he says, add to that brotherly kindness. This means that you see everyone around you as your brother and your sister. Meaning that I will do for anyone anyone around me that I would do for a normal family member. I will show the same respect, compassion, mercy, grace, and forgiveness that I would show a true family member, anyone else, the same. Again, the character of Christ. Dokimi. Are you guys with me? And now to this, I just want to get through this quickly. Charity. Say charity. And I love this. It's the word love. But now this is not any type of a love. It is a love that God brought. It is a God love. You get seven different types of loves. I can't get through this now, but this is God's love. It is the God type of love. It is the Greek word agape. And it means sacrificial love. It means that I'm willing to lay down my life for someone else that I, I will remain in the gap that if I see someone is heading to destruction, someone is heading to hell, that I will do everything within my power to get them out of a place of danger. That with everything in me, I just when I want to get them out of the place of danger and get them into a place of safety, into a place of light, back into the kingdom of God, and that I will sacrifice my life until I see that thing come to pass. That is agape. It is sacrificial love. It is putting your life on the line for someone else, not necessarily a close family member. Say love. Say again, say love. When I add all of this to faith, it forms faithfulness. And so tonight I want to get into a mystery that is locked up in Scripture known as faithfulness. Say faithfulness. Now faithfulness is a part, it is a dimension within the structure known as faith. 
Are you guys with me? Say faithfulness. Now just stay with me, it's going to go fast. Put on the screen for me, Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. New King James. New King James. And it says, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. But be faithful until death. Say faithful until death. I'm going to be speaking a word tonight. It might be honey to many, but it's going to be a bitter pull to some. Be faithful until death. Say faithful until death. And I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second day, death. So you've heard me speak about the seven letters wrote, written to the seven churches many a times. Over the past few weeks, I've touched again on these seven letters quite a bit. Now this specific one was written to the church of Smyrna, meaning that was the persecuted church. And Jesus Christ is saying that, listen, although you're going through all of this persecution, remain steadfast, remain immovable, remain faithful in all that you have set out to accomplish and remain faithful in that because then you will receive what? The crown of life. How many of you sitting here tonight can say, Pastor Martin, I want to receive the crown of life. It is a specific reward that awaits though that those who are faithful until death, there is a reward that will wait once you pass from death to life, when you breathe out your last breath and you step out of this natural dimension and you step into eternity, when you have remained faithful until death, there is a crown, a prize that is awaiting you. And that crown is known as the crown of life. So when you walk in heaven and they see you wearing your crown of life, they know that you have been faithful until death. Stay faithful until death. Say, say faithful until death. So what is faithfulness? Now, the word faithfulness can be broken up into two words. First word, faith, say faith. And the next word is fullness, say fullness. So the word faithfulness literally means to be full of faith. To be full of faith. That's why I had to lay a foundation of faith before I could get into this. It means to be full of faith. But now we also understand that faith is a substance. It is scripture. It is God's word. It is his promises. It is his principles. It is his prophecies. We understand that that, that is it. Faith, faith is the substance. It is his word. Those are the things that we hope for. Amen. And we also understand that we when we receive this substance, the word of God into our spirits, then His Word, that substance on the inside of us, will compel us to take action. Can I have an amen? And so when His Word becomes alive on the inside of me, meaning Logos, say Logos. When His Word becomes alive on the inside of me, then that Word becomes your natural way of response. Remember, that's what we've touched on. I'm just quickly recapping. When His Word becomes Logos, alive, it's living Word, Logos, living Word. When His Word becomes alive on the inside of me, that becomes my natural way of response 
to any circumstance or to any situation, whether good or bad, that will become your natural way of response. Amen? But now I want to touch on this word logos because it's imperative to understand in faithfulness. We all understand that it is the living word. But I want to show you something and you're going to like this. The word logos is actually a name that was given to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is one of His names. When you read John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Greek, the Greek for the word word there. In the beginning was the Word. The Greek for that word, for the word word, <laughs> is the word logos. But that word is speaking about Jesus Christ. But now listen to this. When you study it, logos means this. It means expressed idea. It means to give voice to an idea. I don't know if someone is getting this. This is exactly what happened when God created the heavens and the earth. He voiced His thoughts. And His word came out. Jesus Christ, logos came out. And it mixed with His Holy Spirit. And results. <laughs> I don't know if someone is getting this. And that produced results. Creation started. Are you guys with me? I've spoken on this before. When there is an, when there's an alliance between the Word of God, Logos, and between the move of the Spirit, when they combine, life will be the result. Creation will be the result. It will produce results. Are you guys with me? Expressed ideas. Say expressed idea. So listen, His Word on the inside of you is a substance. It is a divine additive of heaven. His Word on the inside of you will force you, it will push you to greater spiritual heights. Are you guys with me? This is what faith is. Faith pushes you to greater spiritual heights. When I know and act according to what is written, faith will always push you to greater spiritual heights. Amen? Meaning every time when I feel like giving up, His thoughts, expressed idea, then comes and overtakes my carnal mind. I don't know if I've got the right crowd in this name. His thoughts, His word on the inside of you comes to your mind and it takes control. And as you express that word, you mount up with wings as eagles. Faith will push you to greater spiritual lights. Faith is like having spiritual wings. And God's word then will lock the pinions within those wings. So that you can withstand the currents, the strong currents that is found at high altitudes. Are you guys with me? An eagle has this very special ability to lock the pinions in its wings into a position to lock it into place so that it can withstand the strong currents found at high altitudes so that it can fly right into a storm and it will actually use the storm to lift it up higher. That is exactly what faith will do when I receive the Word on the inside of me. It locks my spiritual wings into a, into a position that I will fly into whatever tribulation, whatever storm I'm facing. That storm will only lift me higher 
It will only bring me closer on to God. Hope someone is hearing this. Jeremiah said this. It is when you feel like giving up and his thoughts, his substance on the inside of you takes control of your carnal mind of reasoning. And it contradicts the lie that the enemy is throwing. Jeremiah said this, the prophets that was persecuted for this message of judgment. And he said, that's it God. He's having this conversation with God. He said, I'm done. I'm out. I'm tapping out. I can't do this anymore. My life is constantly in danger. Jeremiah. My life is constantly in danger. I'm going through all of this persecution for preaching and delivering your word. I'm done. And he says that I will no longer speak in your name. I will no longer. The man, come on, how many of us has not reached that crossroad? So many a times when we have said, Lord, I am done. I'm about to jump ship. I want to give in. I want to give up and I want to give out. I can no longer take this. I am done. I will not go on like this anymore. Come on now. It's a very real thing. But then he responds. You see, then God's expressed thoughts. You see, when Jeremiah was, even before he was born, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 and 5. Jeremiah speaking and he's saying, and then the word of the Lord. What? The? Come on, encounter. What? Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, before you were born, I have formed you. Before you were born, I knew you. I don't know. Listen, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That is your election and that is your call. The word of the Lord came to me. It was right there set within his bones burning like holy fire. And he says, my God, I will no longer speak in your name. I am done. And God says, oh, oh really? And uh, at that moment, the thoughts, the expressed idea of God came up in him and it took control of his carnal mind of reason. He says, but, but your word is in me already. Oh my God, that is, your word is already on the inside of me. It is locked up in my bones. It is burning in my heart like holy fire and I am wary of holding it back. I cannot, even though I want to give up, you remind me, you remind me. When I look in the mirror, I am reminded of your thoughts. I cannot hold it back. You cannot give up, even if you want to. You can try. You can run and try to hide. God will locate you. Because when God looks at you, He sees His thoughts in manifestation. When God looks at you, no matter what you're doing, when He looks at you, you know what He's seeing? He's reminded of His own thoughts. You can run, but you cannot hide. Really, Jeremiah, you want to give up? But your word, my God, 
your word in my heart. I cannot tell you how many times I have found myself in a place where I wanted to give up and I was falling down on my knees. And then God would remind me, He would remind me, Martin, remember this, remember this. And that words will stir me up. It will put me back on my feet. And I will say, I cannot hold it back. It shifts, I listen, faith. Get that substance on the inside of you. Are you guys with me? Because of God's word inside of me, could not give up. Faith compelled him to remain faithful to the task at hand. There's a call and there's a purpose upon your lives, encounter. There's a call and there's a purpose. You might not believe it. I'm telling you there's not. There's a call and there's a purpose, encounter. God have called you. You carry a message that I cannot preach. You must preach it. I cannot. I've not been called for that message. I'm preaching the message that I've been called to preach. You must find what yours is. And you must pick it up and walk in it. Time is little. The harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Are you willing to take up this task? And to run with what God has given you. To remain faithful until death. I am going to get into something now. Jeremiah got so stirred up. Let me read this for you. Out of my Bible. Because many people get offended when I do not do this. And it says, Jeremiah chapter 20, New King James, verse 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Listen to verse 10. For I heard many mocking. For on every side, report by Zion, we will report it. All my acquaintances watched. For my stumbling, saying, perhaps he can be induced. And then we will prevail against him and we will take our revenge on him. Verse 11. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. The man wanted to give up in one verse. And the next instance, he says, but I hear the mocking. I'm like, no, hang on. I know my God. I know whom I serve. I know my call. I know my purpose. I will remain faithful until death. Remain faithful until death. Say faithfulness. Please understand that there is a specific type of a faithfulness that God will require of you. It is not a natural faithfulness or loyalty towards the workplace or towards a, a common friend. There's a divine faithfulness that God will require of each and every one of you. And that is the faithfulness until death that will produce the crown of life. Are you guys with me? Say faithfulness. Now, let me start with the message. There are five distinct areas, just quickly, just quickly, that you will need to remain faithful in, faithful until death. Five distinct areas. I need you to listen. This is very important. I'm going to give you crucial information now. Amen. Number one, 
faithful until death applies to important relationships. Say important relationships. I need you to listen. There are certain relationships established by God. Not every relationship that you think is important is important. Are you guys with me? And you must develop a mindset and believe that the end of any important relationship will be death. It is either I am attending your funeral or you are attending my funeral. The only thing that will separate us is death. Important relationships. Now please, I'm not speaking in a cult way. In being caught up in a sect where you're not allowed to see your family, where your budget is being worked out for you, whether you can go on holiday or not is being decided. I'm not, being, I'm not speaking about being controlled. I'm not speaking about a culture. I'm speaking about something that is pure, divine and established by the hand of God. Listen to the message before you log off. Let me show you out of scripture. This is very real. Say important relationships. Put on the screen for me, Ruth. Chapter 1 verse 16. New King James. Ruth chapter 1 verse 16. Listen to this. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you. Just to give you a bit of background before I get into this. For those of you who do not know the story. This is where Naomi and her husband were living during a time of severe famine. So they left Israel to go to um, the Moabites. Because the famine did not reach as far. So they went to the Moabites. Amen. And... Uh, that she had two sons, Naomi. And then the two sons married two Moabite women. But in a period of 10 years, Naomi's husband and her two sons died. And then she found news that after 10 years, that the famine has stopped in Israel. So she had this conversation with her two daughters, of which the one was Ruth. And she said, listen, I don't have anything anymore. My husband have died. My sons have died. There's nothing that I can give you. Even if I find a husband right now and I can, and I can bear more children, will you still wait for them? Rather go back to your own house so that you can still have an inheritance. And the one wept and said, no, please. The one left, but the one said, no, please. I will remain. Are you guys with me? And her name is Ruth. And this is the response to that. When Naomi said, please go. And she said, entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Wherever, listen verse 17, where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death, Parts you and me. You must believe that a divine important relationship, the only thing that can separate it is death. You either attend my funeral or I will attend your funeral. There's no other way that this relationship can end. Are you guys with me? 
Now let me explain this. What is defined as an important, important relationship? It is not always what you deem important. And an important relationship is inspired by God. It is, it is ordained and established by the Holy Spirit of the living God. It is a relationship that gives you access. Listen to this. It is a relationship that gives you access to greater things according to God's purpose for your life. Are we together? Ruth, Ruth said this, for wherever you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And then she accepted God. And she said, and your God will be my God. Right here, Ruth gained access to salvation because of her faithfulness towards a divine relationship, towards an important relationship. That important relationship opened the door so that she could receive salvation. There was so much at stake in a response to this relationship. Are you guys with me? It is knowing that without this relationship, you will not be able to produce what is needed according to the perfect will of God for your life. You know that this relationship is one of the puzzle pieces to the greater design of God's plan for your life. Without this relationship, this puzzle piece, this picture will be incomplete. I don't know if you're getting this. It is the same. We see the same with Elijah and Elisha. What separated them? Moses and Joshua. David and Jonathan. David and his mighty men. Jesus and the disciples. Paul and Timothy. Paul and Titus. I can go through the list. Important relationships. They knew that my destiny, my call, and my purpose is locked up within this relationship. There is so much at stake in this relationship that I place the highest of value to it. I will nurture it, I will protect it, and I will make sure that the enemy does not get a hold on this relationship. It is an important relationship. I don't know if you're getting this. Ruth's faithfulness to this important relationship, to this divine relationship, set into motion the very plan of salvation. Do you know that? Why? She followed Naomi and she accepted God. And she one day just stumbled into Boaz's fields. She stumbled into a destiny without even knowing it. You will, if you remain faithful to divine relationships, you will just stumble into your destiny. She stumbled into a destiny without even knowing it. And she married Boaz. And they had a son. Obed. Obed had a son, Jesse. Jesse had a son, David. The lineage of Jesus Christ Himself. Her faithfulness to a divine relationship set into motion the very plan of salvation. There is too much at stake in this divine relationship. Listen, those divine relationships you will have to nurture 
you will have to protect those are the ones that Satan will go after. I guarantee it. You will have to protect it at all costs. I'm speaking about being faithful until death. You will have to hear what faith has got to say about every relationship. People so easily just stumble into relationships in and out, so casually. No, 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 no. What is faith saying about this relationship? What is faith saying about this? If there is one thing that can remove you from the call of God, it is the wrong relationship. I can guarantee you. You will have to hear what faith is saying about this relationship. Are you guys with me? And please, again, I'm not speaking about a cult type of loyalty. This is pure. It's divine. It's established by God to set something else into motion. There's so much at stake in you knowing what is divine, what is of God, and what is not. Are you guys with me? Faithfulness, faithfulness until death applies to marriage. Say, say to marriage. Put on the screen for me 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39. New King James. And it says, the wife is bound by law as long as her husband lives. But if her husband dies, again, faithfulness until death. But if her husband dies, she is at liberty to be married to whom she wishes. Only in the Lord. Again, I say that people so casually just run into relationships and out of relationships. Are you guys with me? Do not play with that. It is very dangerous. And because of the status quo of the day, it has painted this picture that it's okay. And when I come into this relationship and it does not work out, I can just simply get a divorce. Divorce should never form a part of your vocabulary. Trust me when I say that God does not want you to. Why not? Because He understands the pain thereof. He does not want you to face that pain. He does not want you to go through any divorce. Until death faithfulness until death you will have to choose that partner of your very wisely with wisdom what is faith saying about this again i state if one thing will kill the call of god upon your life it is marrying the wrong individual there's no butterflies in my stomach no what is faith saying about this thing? You will have to find out what he is saying about that marriage. Because if it's divinely led, it will be until death. My marriage with my wife has been instated, ordained, and established by the Holy Spirit. He has sort of, now, I don't know if I should say this. It does not work like this for everyone. But God told me, this is your wife. And He told her, this is your husband. I knew it. We didn't waste any time. We got married. Soon after Josh was there. Not even a year later. Why waste time? This is of God. Are you guys with me? Yeah. I knew it. I've never been this happy in my life. I can tell you that. I love my wife. She saved my life. 
that women prayed for me for 10 years to encounter God. There's too much at stake in a divine, important relationship. She prayed for me 10 years. Her prayers brought upon my salvation. I thank God for that woman. Every day of my life, I would not have been here if it wasn't for her constant, continual prayers. My God, met my husband just have an encounter with you. Save his life, my Lord. I'm praying for him. And one faithful night, God reached out and said, tonight is the night. I will never forget it. When prophet prophesied and the power of God hit me so hard. He didn't even touch me. I was weeping, shaking under the power and glory of God. But wow, this is amazing. I was crying. I remember Marie looking just, Pastor Marie looking down at me. She's weeping. It's like, finally. There's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. What is God saying about that? Don't go on your, just on your emotion. Hear what He's saying about this. You must listen. This is so important. I hope that you're listening. Faithfulness until death. Divorce is not an option. If I just storm into a relationship and I end up with a wrong partner, save yourself the trouble. Rather be sure. Are you guys with me? Point number three, just quickly. Faithfulness until death applies to your call and your purpose. Your call and your purpose. Put on the screen for me quickly. King James, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 10. And this is Peter speaking. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 10, King James. And he's saying, wherefore the rather brethren, we all know this, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Now listen, he's not saying, listen to this, and you can see it on the screen. He's not saying make sure what is your calling and election. It's not, it's not what he's saying. He's not saying make sure what it is. He's saying make your calling and election sure. It's not the same thing. He's speaking to an audience that already know their calling and purpose. And he's saying that you know what this is. Be faithful until death. You know what that call and that purpose is. Remain steadfast. Remain immovable. God has spoken. When He speaks, He speaks truth. And He's very well able to finish the thing that He has started in your life. That is Scripture. Are you guys with me? And He's speaking to an audience that knows their calling and election. And He's saying, make it sure. Meaning, make sure that you bring it to pass. Make sure that you make it happen. Don't lie on it. Don't solve it. God has already done His part. Now it's your part to take action. If you have received a prophecy, do not solve that prophecy. It is time to put it to action. It is the Word of God over your life. Put it to action. Put it to action. Take action. Enforce it. He has spoken. It is now your duty to make sure that it comes to performance. How many of you have received a prophecy? A promise from God. That must be every single one of you. If you have read your words and you've read the first verse of the Bible, you have received a promise. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. That is a promise. I can prove it. 
Don't have time now. It will be a message in itself. How many of you have received the promise? How many of you know your call and your purpose? Just raise your hands for me. If you know what God has created you for, just raise your hands for me. Just hold your hands up. Just hold your hands up. Okay, so those not raising their hands, how many of you want to know? This is most probably the most important information that you'll ever receive in your life. Because you must be faithful until death with that. There's a crown of life awaiting you faithfulness until death to my call and my purpose. Are you guys with me? Say faithfulness until death. I need to finish. Yes, there's so much. Point number four. Faithfulness until death applies, and this is going to hurt, to your church. Faithfulness until death applies to your church. Put on the screen for me Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, New King James. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You see, many think that to go to church is just sitting in a building. Are you with me? Sorry, I'm just reading something quickly. Many think that just going to church is just sitting in a building on a Sunday. But your church is a divine relationship. Too many, as with any other relationship, also just stumble so casually in this church, stay for a few weeks or a year or two years and then they go to another church and then they go to another church and then they go to another church. There's too much at stake. Your church is a divine relationship and you must find out where God wants you to go. Are you guys with me? You must go where you need to go, not where you want to go. You must find out what faith is saying about this thing. God, what church should I go to? It is defined by your calling and purpose. When I know my call and my purpose, I know who to marry. Will this fit into this picture? Does she or he fit into this picture? I must know my call and my purpose. And does, will, will my partner fit the picture? Are you guys with me? When I know my call and my purpose, my life becomes simple. My choices become simple. Everything revolves around that now. Choosing your church will be important now. What is your call and your purpose? You will find a place where they can recognize your gifts, your callings, and your election and have the ability to bring that out of you. What is this church very well known for? It's well known for the prophetic. 
deliverance and the supernatural power of God. So if there's a prophetic gift upon your life, then obviously this is where you want to go. If there's deliverance, this is where you want to go. If, if you're all for the supernatural power of God and the manifestation, go, go, choose your church according to your call and your purpose. But it's a divine relationship. And again, I state that it is faithfulness until death. Say faithfulness until death. Choosing a church cannot be a casual thing. There is too much at stake. Are you guys with me? The Bible says, and the book of Psalm chapter 1 verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that shall bring forth its fruit in its season and whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Listen, a tree planted by the rivers of water is speaking about someone that is planted in the right church. A tree is planted for life. It is until death. It is planted at the right location, in the right circumstances, in the right situation. I don't know if someone is hearing this. You must be planted. When you are planted at a place, it is for the rest of your life. It is until death. Are you guys with me? Trees are faithful until death. When God likens you to a tree, He's giving you a key to prosperity and stability. You must allow yourself to be planted. You must stay long enough to be planted. People don't stay long enough. They never get planted. You remain a seed. You produce no results. You must remain long enough until you are planted. And then you must remain planted long enough until you bear seed. Your family will be blessed through this process. It is acknowledging that within this divine relationship with this church, my call and my purpose will be activated. I will be trained and equipped in that. That is where it will be set into motion. That is where I will be sent out. I don't know if someone is hearing this. Your church, the relationship between yourself and the church, it is a relationship. It is an important relationship. And you will have to choose that church carefully. You cannot just stumble into a church and saying that this is it. So are you guys with me?